1: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co.
2: When you're doing things like this, it could be very isolating. There's a lot of stigma surrounding, um, personal finances and debt right there's the whole oh you should have been more responsible and you're irresponsible because you have debt and most of us have debt and we're pretending like we don't (laughs) keeping up with the joneses right
1: Hello, and welcome to Financials Podcast, Future Rich. I am your host, Barbara Ginty, and I am also a CFP, which stands for a Certified Financial Planner. And I am here with my guest today, who has, is using her real name, which is very rare, but has an <laughs> exciting story. So welcome, Dee.
2: Hello. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah, thank you for coming on. Um, so I figured I'll let you do your intros. Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself and where you're from and what you're working on?
2: Yes. So again, my name is Dee. I am 36. I work in behavioral health management. I'm also married, and my hubby works in security. We have a human and a fur kiddo. We're also living <laughs> in Austin, Texas.
1: Oh, we, so we were just chatting a little bit about the weather. So, I heard it's
2: freezing there
1: right now. Like, I think it's actually colder in Texas than it is in Utah, where we are getting snow.
2: Yeah, I feel like if it's going to be really cold, we might as well benefit from snow. At least it's pretty. But no, we're just getting ice. And it's like shutting everything down. But I think we're going to be on the mend like next week.
1: That is too funny. Yeah, I have a friend and they moved from California To Austin, and they were just posting about like, "What is this weather? Like, we did not move here for this."
2: (laughs) I know. I'm actually I'm from New Jersey, so I'm like used to all of this. Like, but Texas isn't ready. Like, they are not ready
1: for adverse weather. so funny when you leave because i grew up in new york and lived in new york yeah. for a number of years and it is so funny when you go to a place that is not prepared for like an ice storm or a snowstorm storm oh and it my it's like yeah. the world is ending they're like there's it flurries is.
2: everything is closed it's so true and my friends are like i don't understand like what's the problem i'm like we shut down because there's ice <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: oh that's funny so how long have you been in texas
2: I've been in Texas uh, seven years now, maybe eight. Yeah, about that. And it oh, was yes, funny. Well, I was actually in New York before I moved down to Texas, but I'm from Jersey. Oh, very
1: nice. Well, seven years is a, almost eight years is a long time.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's been a long time. It's, it, it's kind of feeling like, home. Oh, my son totally identifies as a Texan. He's like, I'm a Texan. I'm like, you're an American. Stop. How old is your son? he is 11 he just turned 11 and it's crazy because I'm like you're like practically a man now go get a job get out of here what are you doing but yeah he's 11 (laughs) yeah (laughs)
1: reloader (laughs) oh that's awesome okay great so uh would you like to give us a breakdown of your finances
2: Yeah, of course. So I'm making 75 and my hubby is making. All right. So let me back up just a little bit. So we started our debt busting journey. And because of that journey, he picked up an extra job. So he, he makes 35. I know, I know. He he picked up a whole full time job because we were like, I mean, if we're going to do it, let's do it. (laughs) So yeah, um, so annually we're at 165 because I'm at 75. He has 35 with one um, position and 55 with the other. Our take okay. home is about 10000 about four from me and about six from him. Okay. And we've been paying off, well, it, our our savings rate, which is really our debt payoff rate right now is about 70%. And wow. um, yeah, I know we're like being pretty aggressive. <laughs> so pretty aggressive. just put this all behind so- us. Yeah.
1: What was the impetus to say, okay, I don't want to do live the way we're living, and we're going to oh commit to saving so and to like getting a side hustle? Because it's it's interesting when I talk to people because it always seems like there is a point, right, where it's like, yes. you know what, I'm not doing this. I don't care if I have to work two jobs, but I'd rather work two jobs for a set period of time and be over that, like get through this and be done mm-hmm. and change my entire life. But it's interesting to see that inflection point is different for different people.
2: It is. And Barbara, you're exactly right. Because it was actually a random conversation with my dad and he was like, yeah, you know, just, I plan on you taking care of me in my twilight years. And I'm like, uh, excuse me, what? <laughs> like, uh, come, come again. again. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and he, but he was so serious. He was like, yeah, I want you to take care of me. Like, that's my retirement plan, you. And I'm like, but I, you know, I feel terrible. I wanted to feel like I'm a great daughter, but I'm thinking in my head, but I have my own family to take care of. I have my kid, I have my pup and my husband, like, you know, it's like we were making decent money. You know, you're thinking you're like mindlessly like strolling along to the American dream. And it's, it's really a facade. I had like student loans lingering and we had like business loans just hanging out, you know, minimum payments, you know? And once he said that to me, I thought I have to really pay attention now because this isn't going to work. And that's what got us started. I went to my husband, like, you know what my dad just said? (laughs) 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 Yeah. And, but we're the sandwich generation, right? Like a lot of the times our parents are realizing that they they didn't plan as well as they should have, and we have kiddos to worry about. So you got to do what you got to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like some people, and like everyone's different, but like they feel the obligation. Like I would feel mm-hmm. to help my parents out, right? Like they raised me, I wouldn't want to see them struggle. But exactly as you're saying, if you didn't plan adequately for retirement and it's coming up upon you in five to ten years, it's hard to recover. You know, it's hard to get that in yeah. in a short period of time.
2: Exactly. So we looked at where we were and, you know, my husband really stepped up to the plate and he's like, I'm going to get a second job. And I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea. That's so much. That's so hard. And he just came back like, I just picked up a second job. And I'm like, great. I love you. You're amazing. (laughs) Keep doing it. What else would you like? How can I make it easier for you?
1: A plus effort, A plus
2: effort. Yeah, I definitely applaud his effort. And it's just been like we've been rocking and rolling ever since. Like last year, this time last year, we started off with like I had $75,000 in student loan debt, and now I have $25,000 in student loan debt. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah we like, I'm.
2: It's exciting, and you know the other thing we decided, like we don't want to do like beans and rice and be like s- like super poor. We want to actually enjoy the journey, so we mm-hmm. definitely can tighten up more, but we just wanted to be like diligent about it. <laughs> you know, like we still do yeah, things. Well, but you like know?
1: you're saving. So I think the key is probably him having a second job allows yes. you to still be really having a high ratio that you're contributing ratio or debt payoff ratio that you're contributing to change your whole financial future, but Mm -hmm. allowing that wiggle room where it doesn't feel like you're on like a jailhouse meal plan. Exactly.
2: Because if it was like that, I wouldn't be successful. Like I need to feel like, that we're still having life and we still have a little one who still would like to have a life, you know, he is well versed in a budget though. He, he corrects himself. Now he'll pick something up and be like, Oh, it's probably not in the budget and just put it down. Like not even asking me. I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, That's so. really, really important
1: <laughs> yeah. A lot of it is learned at home, right? Like, oh yeah. In school. Uh, exactly.
2: That's so exactly true. It's
1: good to involve the kids. I definitely, Had a podcast like early on, like probably season one, Mm -hmm. and she was a single mom and she felt really obligated that her kids should have what other kids have, even though they weren't in a position for the kids, you know, to have everything. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, You just need to sit them down and just explain, like, you know, everyone's situation is different. Life isn't fair. Just because your friend at school gets a new phone doesn't mean that you get a new phone or yeah. whatever it is that they're, you know, they want that they can't mm-hmm. have. I was like, I think you should involve them in the budget and there should be a reward. Yes. Like if we're really diligent, then we can do a family vacation. I was like, versus you are, she was literally in the red. Like when she came to meet uh-huh. me, the train tickets put her over her budget for the month.
2: Oh, Wow. Yeah. And I was
1: like mortified because I was like, well, what if there's an emergency? You actually don't have physically, you don't have a dollar. Like your bank is overdrawn. Like you don't have, like what, and you have two young kids.
2: Yeah. Uh, and no, you're exactly right. ob-
1: obligated to kind of hide it from the kids. Like so I, so I like really stressed. I was like, I really think you should get them involved in it so that they know what you're working towards. And they understand mm-hmm. why you're making these decisions. And then you'll yes. have them learn this versus exactly them not right. understanding it at all.
2: And I definitely took that approach. I totally involve him. We've done like finance classes. I bring him with me. I bought him his own kid version of finance books. And I let him like read through his, his books and just play games. But he's already picking things up like never, ever, ever take a student loan, you know, You know, be really responsible about your debt. And I try to also encourage him to have like an entrepreneurial spirit like, hey, you know, you don't have to wait to get a paycheck from someone you can be a creative now and you can do your own thing, like not pushing him but just letting him know like you do have options and I do little things like When he when we have to pay for like cello lessons or piano, I give him the money and I make him pay and I remind him like, hey, this is their business. This money goes to them. Look at all these kids here. That's in their pocket, you know, like just so that he's like aware of these things. So I feel like he'll have a good financial sense because it's just a part of our everyday life. We're constantly discussing the budget and we do like our, you know, like weekly family meetings about the budget just to make sure we're on track.
1: I think that's, I think that's absolutely fantastic. Cause I really think it changes the whole trajectory, mm-hmm. um, so kudos for you for doing that. Oh, so tell me, so tell me about this. Okay, so you have. Would you like to tell everyone your Instagram and YouTube so you we can follow along?
2: Oh yeah, definitely. So we st- started um, another a girlfriend of mine. We started debt busting Fans on YouTube, and we also have that same Instagram handle. You could find us with that. And personally, I started present with D. So you can definitely follow that to stick stay up to date on what's going on with with me. And um, just on our journey and our whole, I think when you're doing things like this, it could be very isolating. There's a lot of stigma surrounding um, personal finances and debt, right? There's the whole, oh, you should have been more responsible and you're irresponsible because you have debt. And most of us have debt and we're pretending like we don't, <laughs> keeping yes. up with the well, Joneses.
1: Right? Yeah, or like I remember when I first took over the business and I literally had no money. Like I just had, to, I wanted to make my mm-hmm. rent. That was like my priority. And there was someone's birthday party and they were like, Oh, we're going to dinner for a birthday party. I'm like, that sounds really awesome. But like, can I come and just have water? And they were like, what? And I was like, well, like yeah. I don't have the money for dinner. Like I'd love to yeah. support your birthday, but like, I have to go and not be charged. Like I, I could be there. And they were like, well, we're just going to split everything evenly. And I'm like, that is unfortunately not in my budget. Like I can't <laughs> yeah. be there. Like I have to be having like, if you guys will share the bread basket with me for free, I can have a water.
2: <laughs> I he, love your style.
1: The girl was like kind of annoyed, and I was like, well, I guess we can't be friends because like you yeah. have. To, I I'm not going to go and put it on a credit card. Like I'm happy to celebrate your birthday, and I'm happy to take a walk. Or basically that's a so walk.
2: true, and we've ex- experienced the same thing even within my family, where they're like, I don't understand, you're wasting your money, and because I I did like I drained my savings, I put. Everything until getting out of debt. I wanted to be aggressive about it and to take care of it right away. And I knew if we just sacrifice these two years, because in total, we have $150,000 in debt. And right now, we're a bit more than halfway through it. We'll be debt free at the end of this year. That's and- Fantastic. thank you think but my it's like my family didn't get it and they're like why would you do this like of course you put we put some aside for an emergency uh, fund and then the rest we just used to pay off debt every every month we're like we are putting at least six thousand dollars extra towards debt and we do that's fantastic but yeah you have to make sure you're
1: with people who are going to support it and not the people yeah. who are like it's just one dinner it's like no
2: <laughs> they don't get it yeah i it's actually can not afford the dinner yeah <laughs> And that's one of the reasons why I decided to be a bit more public about what's going on with me because of all that shame. And I saw how it played into like affecting one's mental health. And that's my Mm -hmm. background, like in mental health. And I saw the effects that it had on my family, just in my father, just expressing that his need for me to take care of him. I felt so ashamed because like, I don't want to. And, you know, and it's like, but you have to grow up, right? You have to make those hard decisions and dealing with it has made our family like so much healthier and better. So I just want to share that with other people and give them a space that they can be with like-minded folks that they can talk about how, they said no to dinner. <laughs> like they said no to going out to friends, and and you know, to, like they know it, they'll survive it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I feel like if, as long as you're with people that are creative, like, and I feel like you, mm-hmm. the, the your good friends and or people who understand, and not everyone is good at putting themselves in other people's shoes, right? That's just not yeah. everyone's strength. Right? But, like, one of my girlfriends was in, like, probably at the top of her financial situation, right? And I was just like, I love you guys. And, like, I'd love to hang out with you, but I cannot afford to pick up the bottle of wine that you want to drink. <laughs> like, and <Yeah. laughs> I can't afford to go to dinner. And I'm going to be walking there because I can't afford. Like I try not yeah. to swipe my metro card, and I don't want to take a taxi. Isn't it hard?
2: It, it's so yeah. hard to say things like that. It takes definitely it takes it, some getting used to to say no to things. And we don't hear we can't afford things. Like, as Americans, you can afford anything because... Because there's credit cards, credit there's card, family, yep. there's a way to make it happen. So us saying no has been so empowering. I'm like, I wish I would have started this earlier. But it
1: is empowering is. to be like, I'm going to prioritize what my goals are. Yeah. And so I'm therefore going to have to turn down things. And I, at least I found that um, most of my good friends were super supportive. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and like my best friend was like, Oh, just come over, you don't have to bring anything, like, we just want you here. And then, like, they didn't eat leftovers, and so I she would always pack me up
2: the leftovers without me oh my them. gosh, yeah, I was that's like, the How, first do not, thing. The How do you get
1: <laughs> the leftovers? Like, but she would like pack me Tupperwares to go, and like, there was no shame. And she like gave me some of her dresses that she wasn't wearing when I had like, yeah, I love happening. that, yeah, she was super. So, like, she was my best friend, and she still is my best friend, and was so so supportive, and it was. It meant a lot, but then there was the, you know, the other girl who I'm not friends with anymore, who yeah. was like, "What do you mean you can't come to my birthday dinner?" And I'm like, "Well, oh, because I can't barely afford my apartment. I rented out my bedroom and I'm sleeping on the couch, so no, I can't afford your birthday dinner." Wow. You don't want to be my friend. That's fine. But yeah, I think the
2: whole yeah, that's amazing
1: journey is interesting, and I think being around people who are like minded and supportive and on a similar journey is helpful. Exactly. And I think putting yeah. it out there publicly is really brave and also hopefully garners like that support, right? To say like, we're yeah,
2: well, we just started, so it's um, it's definitely taken some getting used to. And I was like super low tech. Like I'm one of like, I'm a terrible millennial where right? I I'm was like same- never really on social media. We're <laughs> the,
1: um, we are the, we're the same age. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm a, a I think we're elder millennials, D.
2: Yeah. Definitely, but you know, Facebook came out when I was in undergrad, and everybody's like, "You have to do it," and I was like, "Oh my gosh," <laughs> you know, like I just yeah. didn't really get into that sort of thing. So I'm, you know, it's definitely a learning curve, but I'm really excited because I just focus on being able to like, like help people or at least ha- help them see like there are options. I've literally had people tell me like, "Oh, well, you just have debt forever, like that's your life," no. and I'm like, "Oh, but it doesn't have to be," you know? Yeah, absolutely
1: so, not. Hi, Barbara Ginty here. Thank you for listening to our podcast. I wanted to let you know about an exciting upcoming event. I'm going to be hosting a free webinar with Marcus Garrett on June 16th. We're going to be talking about what a six-figure salary gets you. You can find out all of the details and register on our Instagram, Future Rich Podcast. Hope to see you on June 16th. I was gonna say, so you're gonna pay off a hundred if this is insane to me, a hundred and fifty thousand dollars in two years.
2: Yes. Yeah. That's That's the plan. And then that's like step one. (laughs) And then the next step is, yeah, you're like, where are you going with this? That's exactly what I want to do. So uh, the next step is that we want to purchase a multifamily so we can house hack. We want to keep our savings rate high to 70%. And while we're doing that, my husband's going to be changing careers. So that way he doesn't have to work the two jobs. But ultimately, we want to retire abroad. And because Ooh. of that, he's going to be changing to get into computers. So that way, he can work still work a full time job remotely abroad. Yeah, that's the plan. Awesome.
1: Okay. Yeah. So where are you? Th- I'm just curious abroad, because I love traveling. Where are you thinking yes. to retire?
2: We're thinking like Central or South America. I was thinking, I I did think Haiti because like we're Haitian and everybody's like, no, because it's like so much political unrest and it's dangerous right now. So now we're looking to like Central or South American countries because that way we're still close enough to our families that are in North America that we could come by and visit and they could come and visit us. You know, we did think about Africa too, but again, it's like, it's so far and our family's really going to put out (laughs) $1,500 to come and see us. Like no. So we're thinking right now, like maybe like Panama, Costa Rica, Mexico, something like that. We're still figuring it out. We have some time because this is more like a like an eight year plan, right? Yeah. Okay. So you know, this year we're getting out of debt. Next year we want the family, and then after that, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with like the rule of 4%. So yes. we're, we're working that to, in our advantage. Our plan is to stay aggressive and to uh, save up at least 70000 75000 a year so that we can, we're thinking now we'll probably start investing in an index fund. And, you know, once we get around like $600,000, then we could skim two grand off the top and be able to support ourselves abroad. So that's our plan.
1: Perfect. And are you But thinking, I did have Yeah. Oh, oh, did you have a question
2: for me? Yes, I did have questions okay. for you. Okay. <clears throat> so, you know now like I'm paying into a 401a defined benefit plan and I pay like 9.5% and then um, my employer kicks in like a 0.5 so it's 10% total. But either way, I'm like should we focus on 401s and Roths if we plan on leaving cuz like when we leave we'll be like 47. And the withdrawal age is like, you know, like 55 and 60. So I'm like, should we even focus there or should we just focus more on our plan?
1: So, okay. So I like to think about it in two, um, like two buckets, if you will. So I like to mm-hmm. think about your, the fire, right? Like the early retirement as mm-hmm. like the middle and then the end of it being the retirement. And I like to fund both. Oh,
2: okay. so,
1: I know. So it's a little bit of a different way to look at it. And the reason why is because, so if this is an eight year out plan, right? So you think about eight years out, is that what you're thinking?
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
1: So then you'll be 44. Mm-hmm. So my thought is plan for income from 44 to, I would just say, we'll just say 65, but you can m- massage those numbers. It could be 44 to 60 or whatever. And then still plan your retirement like you normally would because, I never want to jeopardize the retirement. And because the way if you think about it when planning for a retirement, if you plan for 65, um, statistically, we normally plan for like a 25 to 30 year retirement. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say 25 at the minimum, just because I get you to age 90. And it's like, especially for females, like it's very possible you like live that long because you don't want to wake up on your (laughs) 90th birthday and be like, well, I feel wonderful. And um, I'm out of (laughs) money." (laughs) yeah because at 90 like you're not gonna want to go get a job Mm -hmm. and like i have a lot uh i work with a lot of people and like they are great at 88 and 89 you know so like fortunate we didn't plan to end at 90 because first you know not everybody lives that long but since we don't have a crystal ball that's like the one factor you're missing is like how long you're going to need money and so to plan from like let's just say 44 to 90 is a tremendously long time to plan out Mm -hmm. So I like to segment it out because to me, it makes it easier to plan. So plan for income from 44, you could do 60 or 65, but something like that. And then I would say definitely 60 to 65 is the start for a retirement, because that's when you then could pull from that retirement account, right? Because then you're beyond 59. And if you were saving, let's just say most people save a lot in retirement to pull from 44 to 65, most likely, there are exceptions to these rules. Um, and there are a little bit away around them, um, but if you're using retirement monies, yes, you shouldn't be accessing them at 44 because of the penalty, right? Mm-hmm. So you really need to have that 600 you're thinking is going to be an after-tax dollar, right?
2: Yeah, we're thinking about like if we just like a regular investment I'm, I, account. Yeah, like maybe like index fund investing. Perfect. So then
1: that type of account you could use. But I, so I, but I would also still do the retirement because then that way, if you think about it, like a train, Mm -hmm. if like, Mm -hmm. let's say things don't go exactly the way we planned in terms of what you're thinking for, what the return is going to be, or the expenses are going to be, then you didn't jeopardize the permanent retirement, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. You still funded it and that's still cooking as like a separate entity. And that's going to meet you down the road when you get to that age.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: I like segmenting it out, and because you're still, I'm going to consider us young, D. Since we're still, <laughs> since we're still very young, I like young, the way you think. <laughs> since we're still very young, um, putting money—if you fund your retirement now for the next eight years until you're 44—you can still fund it, and then maybe not even contribute it, contribute to it from 44 to 60 or 65. But that money will still be growing for you, and then you're just not touching mm-hmm. it, and you're in your mind like that. That train car doesn't pull in until age 60 or 65, and then you know what you have coming in at that point, or, you know, approximate, and then your money for 44 to 65 is at 600,000. And ideally the 4% works and it makes more than 4%. And so therefore you're just living off of the gains on the account and it's still, you know, hopefully it's making 6% and you're pulling four. So 2% going back in, but then you also then have your retirement account. That's going to meet you when you get to that age.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. And that's why he's going to be changing careers so we can not touch anything and just (laughs) use our, you know, use our income until he decides to to retire from that.
1: No, so I have a question. With the multifamily, which I love that because I have two Mm -hmm. of those. um, Oh, nice. Yeah, so I... Sat down with business owners when I bought the business. I was like, how did you all figure this out? And so I found out that everyone owned their own real estate as a small business owner. And most of them had rentals mm-hmm. in like wherever they had like their office or their shop or hot dog stand or whatever it was in one one area of the business. And then like the upstairs was the tenant or whatever. So I really am a big fan of the multifamily. It's a bit more work, but I think it has great rewards or can have great rewards. So if mm-hmm. you do that, are you going to keep that when you leave
2: yes that's the plan like um we look at it like another way of investing since we yeah we have to pay to live somewhere right and we're paying like twelve hundred dollars to live in this apartment so we might as well maybe get like a try or a quad and that way we just keep the one unit and even when we're abroad after it's paid off then that is even more money that we can cash flow
1: Yeah, well, absolutely. Neutralizing your housing cost is a huge way to change your financial situation Mm -hmm. because it's money back in your budget where you're building equity where before you were. Exactly. So I love that.
2: Well, it seems like you have it like all mapped out. Yeah, it's just about the doing, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's just about the doing. (laughs) Yeah, staying like accountable. And, um, you know, and um, for me, I definitely want to be a bit more conservative because from what I've been reading, you know, index fund investments are like the safer way to go. And my husband's a lot more risk. He's a bigger risk taker than I am. So when I asked, I was like, hey, you know, I'm going to be meeting with Barbara. Do you want me to ask anything? He's like, you have to ask her which investment vehicle is going to allow us to retire the fastest. (laughs) So I have to ask you. Which investment vehicle?
1: (laughs) So I have to be careful with investments because I can't make specific recommendations. But here's the way I would look Mm -hmm. at investments. So Mm -hmm. when you look at the market, when you're looking at investments, everyone gets really caught up in fees. And I think fees are important. But I think what's more important is your net return, right? Because you don't want Mm -hmm. the cheapest investment that has the, the, you know, for instance, if you looked at an investment manager and they charge more, but they made 10% 10% more than net net in your pocket, you have 10% more right after fees. Mm-hmm. So I think the key is looking for something that's a reasonable cost doesn't have to be the cheapest. And then also looking at how did those investments perform in the down market, right? Mm-hmm. There's a saying that like, I'm probably going to butcher the saying because I always butcher sayings. I'm not sure why. But,
2: <laughs> I believe in it. And this yeah. is going to be the time to say it amazingly well. <laughs> I,
1: hope, I hope so. But everyone is a sailor when it's sunny out or something like that, right? It's mm-hmm. like the true sailor really shows their skill like when it's not perfect, when it's not a calm sea. So I same, love that. I think, I think I got it right, but I feel like someone's going to tell me I didn't. But, <laughs> but basically the concept is, you know, you go out on a sunny day in a sailboat like, probably not as difficult as if you go out in a sailboat on a choppy stormy day. And that's where you mm-hmm. really show what you're capable of, right? You're going to set yourself apart. So you want to go through and look at, and most people don't do this in my, in my opinion, you want to go through mm-hmm. and see how did the investments you're picking do when the, when the market was awful? Like, did they go down as far? And then you want to see, you want to see that they didn't go down as far, right? Because mathematically, if you go down 40% in a year, you need to come back eighty percent to be,
2: more, yeah,
1: right. So that's a big difference. So you want to see that the investments that you're going to put your money because we're going to have down years. So it's not if we have mm-hmm. a down year; it's when we it's have a down when.
2: year. So and how bad? And how
1: bad. <laughs> exactly. So you yeah. want to see? A, I would want to see with my money. I would want to see a long track record. So I wouldn't want to. Put, I mm-hmm. wouldn't want to put my money with somebody who just started. So you'd want to see a long track record, and then I would want to see how those investments did on the de- on the bad year. So you want to see that they didn't go down mm-hmm. as far, that the people that are managing the money or whatever index, that didn't go down quite as far. And then how did it mm-hmm. do the following year? Did it fully recover? Are you positive 12 months later, or are you still negative, right? And mm-hmm. ideally, you don't want to see many instances of double down years. You want to see that that it didn't go down two years in a row. And sometimes, you know, if you're looking at a track record from like 1934 onward, there's probably going to be some instances of a couple down years, but they shouldn't be that frequent. And then you want to see, which is fine. You also want to see how they did in good years. But I think the bad years is really like where you're going to, where you really earn your keep, right? Minimizing losses. And then how does it recover the following when it starts to
2: get better? That's awesome advice. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah. Because it's hard when you're picking investments. I teach a class and my dad gives a really funny visual. He was like, okay, so picture there's 8,000 candidates in the room. And I actually think there's more than mm-hmm. 8,000 investment options. <laughs> he was <laughs> like, how would you eliminate if you're choosing from 8,000 people? How would you eliminate it? And he was like, well, you know, if I was putting my money with somebody, I would want to know that they've done it for a while, right? Like, I don't want to go to a surgeon on his first surgery, right? which Just probably not mm-hmm. my my selection. So looking at a long track record and then looking at the how they did historically and seeing how they did you know after that bad year did they get you whole I think that's the way I would start to eliminate when you're looking at a broad um, broad option of um, options, right There's a lot of options out there.
2: Oh, yeah. There's so many options. It's like kind of overwhelming. That's why we're like, we're going to look at this in stages. Stage one, get out of debt. Yes. I <laughs> Stage think, two, get a house.
1: <laughs> I think that's fantastic because I think breaking it down into smaller bites um, makes it way more manageable. And, and I love, because this is the way I operate and not everyone works this way, but... I'm Mm -hmm. like you, where if I had that debt, I'd be like, okay, two years and we're going to be on a super, you know, I know it's not super strict, but I mean that you're putting a lot of money towards debt. Um, I like that you're just like, okay, we're focused and then we're going to be done with this and that's it. We're not stretching it out. We're just going to bite the bullet and get it over with. So I think that's
2: fantastic. Yeah. It's been lingering long enough. And you know what happens? It grows. I didn't even take out $75,000, but those minimum payments are like cute. Like they don't do anything. (laughs) Yep. I learned the hard way. (laughs)
1: They're like secretly evil because they look nice and easy and then they're actually growing behind the scenes.
2: Exactly. Because you've, you know, what I was doing was I was just like, oh, let me pay. And oh, this year's, let me defer and not really looking at the balance because I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, quote unquote. And then when I really started looking into it after my dad was like, you're supporting me, I was like, oh, this isn't good. i thought i would made a bigger dent than this (laughs) like what's going on
1: yeah well that's because they tell you like you just have to make this payment and my sister fell into this trap you know natasha now comes on the podcast but
2: Mm. pre-podcast
1: i feel like she half listens to me because i'm her older sister um only a year apart too so we're basically the same age and i said to
2: her when she graduated law
1: school like at her graduation dinner i was like congratulations like you should make a debt you should make a payment tomorrow and she's like you just, you, you're always so intense, Barb. Like I just, <laughs> I just graduated. Like, we just left the ceremony yeah. and I'm studying for the bar. I don't have time for this. I was like, you don't have time to ignore it. Like you need to start making payments. Yeah. she was like, they said I have six months. And I was like, they will be charging you interest. And she's like, no, uh, you just, you don't know and you don't know and I'm like yeah I know, I know nothing I know nothing yeah because so they, they're
2: helping us they're yeah, gonna because, wait a whole six months <laughs> yeah
1: because they really care
2: about you way more than I do <laughs> yeah
1: so then six months later she comes into my office like to kind of like go over it because I've been on her case
2: yeah like,
1: oh my god it's more than it was and I was like yeah <laughs> I told you that and you told me you were too busy I was like but they weren't too busy to charge you and she's like, well, that's yeah. not what they said. And I was like, you have to remember they're in business and they're not about to educate you. Out. Like they're happy for you to not know and not make it. Yeah.
2: That men. is not their job. Yeah. It's not their
1: job to educate you and be your advocate. Like it's, they are, they are not fiduciaries. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. Hindsight is 20, 20. And had I known, there were so many like chances I could have had while well, I had that I could have paid it down right and I just didn't because I thought I was paying enough that's what they said yeah. and now that's more money I can keep you know I don't I didn't want to live below my you know my means really is the problem but you know it all happens for a reason and I'm grateful because this journey has if it's taught me nothing else it's taught me about being consistent and you really do make a difference because there's times where I feel like we're not even doing anything we're not even moving and then I paid off my car. And then I felt like, what are we even doing? And then we paid off my husband's car. And then I look up and it's like, oh, like there's only 60,000 left, 50,000 left, 40,000. And it's like, now it's exciting. And I'm like, come April, I'll have like no student loans for the first time since like 2000 (laughs) C's. So I'm like, that's incredible so i'm like really excited yeah it'll
1: be really exciting when you get the debt paid off and then you're putting that money like in an account with your name on it and it's, oh my gosh that will be like really yeah. thrilling
2: definitely definitely Dee,
1: we'll have to have you back on like next yeah, year yeah. and see how it's going
2: i would love that i would love that
1: well perfect well thank you so much for coming
2: on Thank you so much for the invitation. This has been so great. And I've been listening to your other episodes. I just love your personality amazing. And the information is so valuable. And I wish I knew you when I was in my early 20s <laughs> making these terrible decisions. So I'm just grateful that you're here now. Well,
1: thank you. I, pre- I appreciate that. The whole goal of this was to try and help people because I just feel like the information's not readily available. And if it is, it's not mm-hmm. easily digestible. It's just like too
2: complicated. Yeah. You definitely have a heart of a teacher and it comes across very well. So thank you so much for what you do.
1: Well, thank you. And I'm so glad we, I, we had you on. I would love to have you as a follow up. And then for all of our lovely listeners, you can follow us on Instagram. We are now future rich podcast on Instagram. And you can check out our free online classes that are partnered with SUNY Ulster at www.planancial.com.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place.